final week of the fall sports season is upon us, state championship football week. Welcome in, everyone. Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And in just a few minutes, we will talk to Oakdale High School quarterback Colin Schley and his dad, Chris, as the Bears prepare to win their first uh, state championship on Saturday night. They hope to against uh, Glen L High School which happens to be Chris Schley's alma mater. So we'll, t- we'll talk to him about that, and we'll talk to Colin about his season in general, being a high-level quarterback prospect, uh, being a high-level quarterback recruit, and uh, just uh, just his season uh, in general at Oakdale. Uh, Ligonor also plays uh, Franklin High School on Thursday night in the Class 3A championship game. Lancer's going for two in a row. And uh, here to, joining me now to talk about that, and uh, and also the Oakdale game is uh, FNP sports writer Joe Ferraro. How are you, Joe? Fantastic, Greg. Exciting times. Yeah, you've been out at Ligonor this week. Uh, h- how are the Lancers feeling going into their game against Franklin on Thursday? You know what? I I think they've got to be confident and you know not overconfident, uh, and th- and that that's a big thing for them. Uh, and so Franklin, it's uh, it's it's a big team. Uh, they, they've got some size on uh, on those offensive and defensive lines. But if uh, I think Lingenor, if they can carry over the effort that they've had on on their fronts i mean just just their ability to win the line of scrimmage uh, decisively against chesapeake in the state semifinal quite, quite impressive uh, their ability to offensive line to open up uh, gaping holes for davon butler while at the same time uh, you know consistently apply pressure on the quarterback uh, it was impressive uh, performance and uh, you know, just just talking to Dustin uh, Keith, one of uh, Lingenor's fine linemen, after the game. Uh, you know, he's talking about you know the team you know needing to get a, a little bit better each and every week, and uh, I, I get the idea they're not they're not going to be complacent. They're they're going to try to get just a little bit better, and I, I think they'll uh, they'll prevail come Thursday. You mentioned the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> Excuse me. You mentioned the line of scrimmage. That's where Lingenor wins games, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, that, that that offensive line, uh, you know, Davon's a great back, great quickness, great athleticism. But I mean, the the, the holes that they were opening up for him, it was uh, quite impressive. Now Franklin has a, a pretty good uh, running back in uh, Elijah Solomon, a Villanova commit. So you know, they're they're going to have to be, uh, you know, wary about that. But uh, I, I I definitely I definitely like Lingenor, and uh, special teams could could come out to be. Uh, a pretty big factor. Uh, I've seen Lingenor probably about four times this year, and, for, and every every game I've seen them, they've they've made a big play on on special teams. You know, block punts, kicks, things of the sort. So they, they've got uh, you know the players that uh, that really excel in, in that area. And they're more than just a running team, too. I mean, you have you have Ryan Lay, who's developed a, a, quite a bit as a passer. Yep. You have a Division One receiver in, in Joey Felton, uh, and 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 with Ryan, he's a uh, 6'5", 225, 230-pound quarterback. <laughs> He's a threat to run as well as throw it, so he gives you sort of that dual threat. And if you're, if you're a DB on the opposing team, how would you like to see a quarterback the size of Ryan Lay come ch- charging at you? Yep, and, and the offensive line has given him uh, a, a ton of time to, to, to just sit there and you know, survey and, and find his open uh, receivers. So, so, yeah, they've got – they definitely have their their share of playmakers. That's that's for sure. What what type of game do you think the Franklin game will be on on Thursday night? You know what? Uh, it it uh, I, I get the feeling that uh, it's it's going to be you know you're going to see more of the same uh, as far as you know Lingenor trying to uh, establish you know some sort of. Uh, you know, dominance on that line of scrimmage, and you know they're gonna they're gonna try to run the ball. You know, yes, they're gonna take their their shots uh, with, with Joey Felton, but I think it's going to be it's going to be more more of the same. With Oakdale, you haven't you haven't seen him uh, you haven't seen him that much this season. But, I've but, seen him once, but but, but but you know all about him, and you, and you yep. know who their players are. Uh, what, what, what strikes you about their their team? Yeah, I mean the and and I wasn't there, but by, by reading all the accounts, you know what's impressive about uh, about Oakdale is that, you know they, uh, you know with Simeon Sabute and and Oakdale's got uh, a pretty pretty good offensive line, 
itself you know they're you know they're not afraid to to go at you with that hard uh, between the tackles running you know they basically uh used uh damascus's uh formula for success all these all, all these years and that's uh basically trying to trying to push you around on the on the ground and they uh <laughs> they use that that formula of success against them uh you know to win and that's that that's what really is impressive mm. to me with you know somebody who has a, a strong and accurate arm like like uh, Colin Schley, and and they're still able to to beat you at, at their own at your own game, basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you just said it. They could beat you any way they, they need to beat you. If it, if the field is is a mess and 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 they need to win in the trenches, they can't. If the game is a shootout and they, and they need to score a lot of points, they can. I mean, there's just not a lot of weaknesses with this team, and and then really, I think this Oakdale team. Having beaten Ligonor soundly during the regular season, uh, a potential 3A champion soundly in the regular season, I think this Oakdale team will go down as one of the best uh, to to play here in Frederick County. So, I I agree. I mean the the, the versatility, the, the the big playability. There's just no weaknesses uh, with them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're tough, and then and then defensively, they're very 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 underrated. You covered football. Was it in Northern Virginia? I did. How does how does football there kind of shake from from your experience there? How does how does that compare to the football you see see around here? It was uh it it was fairly strong. I mean uh, you know comparable boy. I mean uh, that's uh, that's a totally different uh, a different era, but uh, you know very very strong football in, in Northern Virginia. You know uh, you know so, you know some powers in uh, Western uh, Fairfax County, um, uh, Robinson High School. Uh, Centerville High School, Westfield High School, you know, producing, you know, big time, you know, Division One talent. Uh, one of those schools, uh, Robinson High School, had uh, a good running back by the name of Mike Emo, who went on to play at Virginia Tech. Uh, Westfield had both uh, uh, the Glennon brothers uh, play over there. And uh, yeah, you've got uh, 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 Mike Lennon, who's, uh, who's played in the NFL, his brother Sean played at uh played in college as well so so so, some big time uh talent uh coming out of uh western fairfax county i i guess what i'm asking is the talent is widespread as it is here in frederick county i mean Mm -hmm. if if you look at every school down like middletown like for example or walkersville they'd go to other counties and and they'd they might be the best team uh in 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 that area if, if they played elsewhere here or a Tuscarora, for example, it's, it's a middle of the pack team here, but but it, but it would be one of the best teams elsewhere. Is it sort of this? Is the talent as widespread in Northern Virginia as it is here? In terms of in terms of depth, uh, boy, that'd be that'd be hard uh, to to say, right? Uh, you know, and um, you know, you've got your your ten public schools here. You've got you've got forty. Uh, schools mm-hmm. out um, in in Northern Virginia, right? Can, you know, can uh, can they go four, five deep uh, in in uh, in Northern Virginia? I I, I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, but uh, you, you go four or five deep here in in Frederick County, which is impressive because we we just have the uh, the ten public schools. Do you think both teams will win? Do you think we'll have two state champions? Absolutely, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Two for two. Yeah. Uh, just on the fall season in general, what what are what are some of your collective high points? I mean, whether uh, regardless of sport. <laughs> well, uh, obviously the you know the football uh, you know tops uh, tops everything. Uh, you've got um, Oakdale's boys soccer team. Yeah, the, the, did big, you see uh, did you see that coming? Big, I mean, big win. Uh, uh, you know, on paper, uh, I, I think uh, I think they were definitely the uh, the the underdog. But uh, you know, that team, uh, Mitch Rubin's done a, a great job with them. Uh, great, you know, great defensive team, and you know, uh, they they capitalize on their you know opportunities when they come, and uh, and they, uh, they they pulled it out there in in PKs. So. So yeah, it's uh, on paper. Uh, you know, I thought. Um, and, and where I, where did Oakdale rank as far as just here in Frederick County? I mean, well, uh, I think they were. I think they were up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Urbana, I thought was uh, was the best team, and then yeah. uh, and then right after that, uh, you've got you've got Oakdale and uh, okay, and and Walkersville uh, right right there, uh, right behind Urbana. So 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 yeah, they're definitely a top three team in the county. 
Uh, before we go, I know you're working on a story on uh, Rick Connor, the Ligonor coach this yep. week. Uh, just w- what are some of the cool highlights you have found out and talking to people about Rick? I mean, just uh, just how much he you know he he truly cares about uh, about his players, and you know it, it has nothing nothing to do with football. That uh, you know he cares about them. Uh, you know, as students, uh, he cares about their future, you know, beyond high school. And so he's just trying to, you know, produce the, you know, the, the best individual uh, uh, possible. And uh, yeah, and, and, and because of that, because he, he cares so much, you know, the, the, the team, you know, really, you know, wants to wants to play well for him. And, uh, you know, they, they have this desire to, to please uh, him because this is someone who's, who's in their corner uh, as far as, you know, trying to, to, trying to let them, you know, develop as, um, uh, as people. And, you know, they really care about, uh, about who they are and not just as, as football players. Yeah, I mean his energy is off the charts. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Whether I mean, uh, whether it's four thirty in the morning or, or nine thirty at night, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, exactly. you know that, that 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 certain you know cadence to his voice uh, with with such a you know enthusiasm enthusiasm it just never it, it never changes. He's a, a ball ball of energy. And he, and he, and he, nothing negative nothing ne- negative ever creeps into the picture too. It's, no. it's all positive, full speed ahead. No yep. no, no looking back. I mean, it, it's really yep. a remarkable mindset that. That that people should really aspire to. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I wish I had that much energy at age twenty <laughs> that, that, that Rick does <laughs> well, at, at his current age. So. Oh yeah, he's um, got he's got more more energy than uh, than people half his age. That that's for sure. Yeah. Well, Joe, we look forward to reading that story, and we look forward to your coverage uh, from Annapolis, uh, f- uh, from uh, Marine Corps Stadium. So, uh, thanks for stopping by, as always. Not a problem. Looking forward to it. Yep. All right, we'll be back in one minute uh, with Chris and Colin Schlee after a word from our fine sponsor, Players Fitness and Performance. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. We're back here on the Final Score Podcast, and on Saturday night, the Oakdale Bears football team will be playing for their first state championship, 7 o'clock Navy Marine Corps Stadium against Glen L. High School, and uh, very pleased to be joined in the studio now by their senior quarterback, Colin Schley, and his father, Chris. How are you guys? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, Greg. Uh, Chris, do I understand this correctly? You are a Glenel graduate. I am a Glenel graduate, and um, I've received a number of inquiries this week via social media, etc., uh, asking who I'm rooting for on Saturday. I was going to say, of course, you'll be decked out in all your Glenel, your Glenel gear, and you'll be saying, "Go Gladiators!" Right? Uh, no, uh, fam over alma mater all the time. <laughs> right? uh, that, that that's what I figured it would be, but of course, like. When your son's team finally makes the state championship game, Glen Allen, of course, would have to be the natural opponent, right? Of, of course they would. And, and probably about eight, about week eight of the season, I started eyeballing things up. And, and I definitely let Colin know, and I'm not confident this is why he's played so well over the last couple of weeks. But I said, you know, what a fitting way for you and, and your brother prior to end their high school football careers playing against my my high school. I said that would be awesome. So uh, hopefully you can bring it home on Saturday. Yeah, Colin, a couple firsts for you guys this season. Uh, first unbeaten regular season, first time playing in the state championship game. I mean, what has this season meant for you? Um, it's just incredible to be at this point in our season to where, you know, this is our last game and we can come out as winners or non-winners. Um, but it's it's been great for the past, I don't know how many weeks it's been, but for the past 12 weeks during football, um, you know, I couldn't ask for a better, better team or a better coach. Um, so it's been fun, um, but it's got to come to an end at one point. Um, 
So hopefully we can come out on top. You almost don't want to see it coming to an end, right? No, I do not. I want to keep playing high school football with all my friends um, that I've been friends with since I was six, six years old. Um, but, you know, it's going to be fun um, Saturday night. So can't wait. When I've, when I've talked to Coach Kurt Stein, when I've talked to your teammates and stuff, everyone keeps saying how close this team is. Just the bond you guys have as a team. How, how would you describe that bond? Um, yeah, we, we, we really do connect well with each other. Um, ever since, you know, I was nine or ten years old, I've been playing with the same guys that I play with now. So, you know, and some of them I would consider one of my best friends' friends. Um, so it's just great being able to play with your best friends on fr- every Friday night and practice with them all throughout the week. Um, so it's going to be hard to come to an end, but, you know, we always we always talk about how, you know, we're winners and coming out with our last game with a win would be very big. I hear you guys throwing the L word around too. I mean, Coach Stein always tells you post-game how much he loves you guys, and I hear you, you guys say it amongst yourself. There really is a genuine love among brothers with this team, right? Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. I mean, Chris, through your sons and just in general, you've been watching football in in this area for a long time. I and mean, where, where does this Oakdale team stack up with, with some of the best that you've seen? Well, it, it's definitely up there at the top. And um, I think it's that brotherhood and that camaraderie. Uh, I was fortunate enough when they created Oak, Oakdale football, we also created a youth program with it. And these guys were the one of the first groups to be involved in that youth program. You and became the O in Luya, right? Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We became the O. Um, and we coached these guys the first year. It was myself, um, Bob Mokey, Brian McCoy, uh, Matt Miller, uh, who McCoy and Miller both have kids on the team. And in fifth grade, we kind of knew, hey, you know, there's these are the kind of athletes that make us coaches look really good. Um not that we're taking any credit for what's there now, but it's uh, definitely been a pleasure watching them through the years. And this team in seventh grade won a Super Bowl when we played down in Howard County in the league down there in the Mid-Maryland Football League. And, um, you know, from day one we said, you know, this is a special group of guys. Hopefully they stay together and uh, and keep working hard and, you know, give a lot of credit to, to Coach Stein who had a instrumental part in that youth program. Um we were running the high school plays in fifth grade, um, so that doesn't hurt. You know, that really helped these kids understand the, the terminology, um, the philosophy, what it takes. Um, not quite the same playbook we ran. Uh, it's, it's expanded a little bit. Um, but eighth grade, we were, we were running plays, and, and Colin was calling a, a handful of them. Um, our head coach, Coach Mokey, gave him the opportunity to, to be an integral part in – and running the offense, and I think that's helped in his maturity too. What, what do you appreciate about watching these kids now that they've grown up four or five years? I think it's just watching them take the next step uh, in the weight room, uh, in the training. Um, uh, you know, these guys, it's not uncommon in our house for Colin to bolt out of there on a Sunday and meet a bunch of guys up at the field to toss the ball around. Um, you know, Justin Ritter is up there every day of the week in the summertime in the off season kicking, you know, so they've, they've got that drive. Um, they've realized what they have and um, now they're, now they're going for it. And it's, that's been probably what's really set them apart is, you know, the, they, it's an old saying in, in sports that it's what you do when no one's watching. And these kids have a bunch of kids that do a lot of stuff when no one's watching. What what type of work were you doing, Colin, when no one was watching? Well, m- mainly Sundays uh, during school, um, me and Justin would go up, and I would compete with him on kicking. Um, yeah. Because, you know, this is my best friend, and, you know, we like to spend a lot of time with each other. So I'll go up there, and I'll kick with him. We'll do, like, a couple games. Um, and then some other Saturdays and Sundays, I would get up there with Simeon, Noah, Blake, and we would just run some routes. Um, it's not – it's not uncommon to see us up there. Um, we see, we'll be up there most of the weekends. Um, but, you know, we just we just knew that we had something special this year, um, coming off a hard loss for last year. Um, so we just really put our best foot forward and stepped up, and then we just went after it, and now we're here. A lot of people before the season questioned what your offense might look like this season. I mean, you lost two great receivers in, in, in Bryce DeMalley and, and, and Logan Carey. What what were you thinking when people said, "Hey, they, their passing game might not be as good this year"? Or, or what went through your med- mind when you might have heard some of that chatter? 
Uh, well, I wasn't really sure at the time what we were going to be like next year. Um, but, you know, we had Blake coming back. We had Noah, who I've known for a while, who's really good. Noah Miller, right, yeah. And then we had two juniors who stepped up, and Luke and Ethan. Um, so, you know, not only do I just throw it to Bryce last year, but now I have four targets that you're going to have to cover. Um, it's not just Bryce because, you know, the other guys find a way to get open. So um, all that stuff that they said last year is just false. Because, you know, we're doing what we need to do. And now we're 12 and now, hoping to be 13 and now. Yeah, I mean, you passed for over 1,500 yards this year. 23 touchdowns, just two interceptions, two of which were thrown in a horrible rainstorm at Tuscarora. Is your passing game better than it's ever been, would you say? Yeah, I would say it is better. Um, just because, you know, we have a lot of more playmakers. Um, last year, you know, we had a couple playmakers. Uh, but we have more this year. So, you know, when I get the ball to those playmakers, they make their plays. You know, not all of it's just me throwing it 65 yards down the field. It's them making plays and getting into the end zone. How did you develop your chemistry with, with this group of receivers? Um, well, Blake and Noah have always been on my team um, since we were little, and uh, I was I was always thrown to them. Um, but uh, just over the summer, we would just go up to the high school and throw, and that's how it kind of how the bond Game. it's kind of a group of receivers that flies under the radar i mean it's a pretty unheralded group you have you have blake and uh you have, you have noah and you have ethan and uh and who, who else and, and and luke uh carrie logan's uh younger brother like what makes this group so special that this group of receivers um that they just go out there and they just try the hardest you know even if they're not getting the ball they'll run 50 yards down the field and try to get a block for simeon or try to get a block for blake um it's just what they do not with the ball in their hands, but without the ball in their hands. But when when they do have the balls in their ball in their hands, there's something special, and that and that's why I think we're such a great team. Yeah, I mean, and often you see them running wide open uh, down the field. And in the Ligonor game, for example, I I think you were just you you didn't have to work too hard to find guys because they were just streaking down the field wide open. How are they able to get so open? Um, well, our wide receivers coach, Coach Welch, he does a lot of um, a lot of working on at practice of getting off press or getting open um you know we talk about finding the open grass so you know that's what they do they don't just run the route like to run the route they run the route and find open grass and they know that once they got in the, once they get in the open grass that i'll find them and i'll get them the ball and the damascus game and your big win over damascus which snapped their long winning streak uh you only completed four passes in that game but your offense is so timing-based and, and playing in the slop in the mud like you were at Damascus. I mean, how much did that sort of throw things off from, from where they normally are? Yeah, they were slipping um, off their off their stems, but, you know. Because you're counting on guys to be in certain spots at certain yeah. times, right? Yeah, but they were slipping. You know, I personally, I should have adjusted to knowing that they were going to fall and slip because of the field. But, um, you know, four passes was obviously enough to win oh yeah um so i mean that's that's the thing that strikes me about you guys and chris i'm sure you, you would agree i mean you guys could win in so many different ways if you have to play a power running game you could do it with Simeon in, in, in your line you could beat people by by throwing by throwing the ball uh 20 to 30 times a game i mean how nice is it to have that flexibility and versatility on offense yeah it's very nice but not only is it our offense but our defense you know in the masses game you know we only scored two touchdowns on offense but our defense had nine points, so you know that's that's huge um, for a team like Damascus. You know you're not doing well so well on offense, so your defense steps up, and then it's just a different ball game. You were a, you were a quarterback growing up, right? Yeah. What what made you want to be a quarterback, or how did you become a quarterback? Well, my dad was a coach, and then they kind of put me in a quarterback, and then I threw the ball pretty well as an eight year old. Yeah. So then I just kept playing quarterback. Right. Well, uh, that's he, not really the whole story. All right, yeah. You, know? but, <laughs> you, you knew there was more there, Chris. Fill in the blanks, Chris. Well, 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 well when well. He, he started playing in second grade, we were actually with Ligonor. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to get into coaching. I didn't coach with our older son, Corey. And uh, I went to the coaches of the team and said, hey, you play him where you want to play him. You can play him at guard, you can play him at tackle, wherever you see fit. And then I'll parlay off of what Colin said. I said, but by the way, he's pretty fast and he can throw a football pretty far. Right. Um, so right away, he started uh, playing quarterback for them. And um, well, because you're opening up yourself up to scrutiny too, aren't you? I mean, sure. Because you're the coach and your son's the quarterback, preferential treatment, and, and, and all that. So it's not a decision you make lightly, obviously. <laughs> no, and it's a decision that I made consciously in that I was always a defensive coach. You know, I said I didn't want ever to have that 
uh, perception that, you know, Schley's kid's the quarterback because he's the coach. So I purposely put myself defensive-minded, offensive line coach because I figure if my kid's going to be the quarterback, I should teach these guys how to protect them. Right, yeah. Um, and and kind of went from there. Um, you know, but I always tried to step back. I never coached or called the offense. I never coached the quarterbacks. Um, give me the guys in the trenches, and um, I'll I'll help out on defense. So yeah. Uh, Colin, your sophomore year at Oakdale, when your when your brother Corey was the, was the starter, you you were playing receiver. Uh, you were out there running routes uh, uh, for for your brother. How did that season at receiver kind of help you develop as a quarterback? Well, first I realized how hard it was to be a wide receiver um, and <laughs> yeah. getting open um, and taking some hits. But I realized that you know when you're open. As a quarterback, when they're open, you got to get to them as quick as they can because if you get the ball to them, they can make their plays. Um, and that's what I try to do with Blake and Noah and them. Once I get the ball, they're all playmakers. So when I get them the ball, they're going to make their own plays. Um, but I would have to say that wide receiver is very hard. Um, you know, but when Corey found me, he found me. Um, most of the time I was open. Were you guys running routes in the backyard and stuff like that or to, we would, to work on it a little bit? or Yeah, we would go up to the field sometimes or throw in our front yard, but, you know, nothing. No, like, going up to the field for, like, four hours and throwing just, like, an hour, and right. a, a half an hour. Did you did you like playing receiver? Yeah, or? I enjoyed playing receiver, especially when my brother was throwing it to me. Right. Um, but, you know, I was dirt quarterback, so – uh, might as well just try out something to get me on the field. What was the toughest part about playing receiver? Um, I would say not getting the ball in my hands. Um, yeah, like the whole game because as quarterback, I touched the ball the whole game. Um, so wide receiver, I would get the ball like maybe once a game, uh, but it was frustrating. But my team was successful that year, so you know whatever I can do to help be successful to the team, I'll do it. Where does all this athletic prowess in the Schley family? The mom. Yeah, the, the, I'm gonna, the mom. I'm going to agree with Colin because um, I enjoy my wife and I enjoy yeah. being married. So we're gonna go with <laughs> Charlotte is where all of the ability comes from. Charlotte, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. She was she was an athlete in high school and college, or um, she she play still plays soccer. Okay, um, I, I'd say competitive soccer because she's it's there's no restrictions. Um, but she plays in uh, a couple, and and I hope she doesn't mind me saying uh, over forty leagues. Um, we played softball together uh, in co-ed softball back prior to having kids. So she played softball and soccer in high school, and then she was a dancer um, when she was at college where we met. Okay, there you go. And you were an athlete too? <laughs> uh, yeah, I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, at Glenelg, I played uh, baseball all four years, football all four years, and I played a year of basketball. That's probably my one regret because – I wish I was a better basketball player. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, yeah, so I was always active. Um, didn't play sports as a kid, you know, soccer. Um, and you grew up in Howard County? Grew or? up in Howard County yeah. uh, in the western part out near Mount Airy. And um, so we played in, you know, back then youth sports was not what it is today. Uh, you had, uh, I remember we used to play out at Kiwanis Park, HCYP Baseball, and it was you had 10 teams in each age level and you just played each other. There wasn't travel baseball. Maybe at the end of the year, you put an all-star team together and you go play up at Finksburg or something. Um, but it definitely wasn't at the level that it is now, um, to say the least. And, you know, I think Colin's done a pretty good job being a, a two sport athlete. Um, there's a lot of specialization nowadays in athletics with youths and, uh, I can't say any coach that's ever come from the college ranks that's talked to him has ever said, we're disappointed that you play two sports. It's always the opposite. You know, right. We love that you play two sports. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely, it's been trying, but it's been, uh, but going back to your original question, Greg, it, it's definitely mom. Yeah. So <laughs> so when you started having kids, there was no choice they were going to be athletes, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't. And and Charlotte is a pretty tough mom. You know, she's not. How so? Uh, well, um, I guess you could say um, there used to be a saying in our house, no Barbie Band-Aids. So okay. when the kids would get hurt, you know, you didn't get a Band-Aid. You, you rubbed dirt on it and you got up and um, – she would always push them to, to do the best that they could um, in a motherly way. And I, I've always appreciated her for that and that she gave them the guidance. And, you know, we always let them know it's okay to lose and everything. But um, we always set 
our goals on making sure that they were active. So they played soccer when they were younger and t-ball. And uh, at what age was the ball sort of part of their lives? <laughs> uh, well, Collins, it was about one and a half, I think. Okay. And um, it's kind of the tale of two brothers. Corey is one that could sit in front of a TV. Uh, and watch a movie all day. Um, Colin, uh, my dad will tell you, because he was the earliest riser. They used to spend a lot of time with us on the weekends. And Colin would wake up at, at 6 o'clock, and the first words would be ball. And Paul Paul would have to go outside and throw a ball with Colin. And um, there's probably a picture uh, we have somewhere in our house of Colin and his uh, – it was just a generic football jersey with his sweatpants – with the ball cocked behind his ear on the sidewalk at six o'clock in the morning. And you guys grew up in Mount Airy, or uh, we grew it? up in Newmarket. Oh, Newmarket, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We grew up in Newmarket, right? We're we're maybe three quarters of a mile from the high school. Okay, and, and did you have a big backyard? Did you have a hoop in the driveway? Or? Uh, we had a hoop in the driveway. Um, I think one summer, probably one of the one of Colin's more memorable summers, I would assume. Um, for his birthday in May, he wanted a wiffle ball uh, field built in the backyard. So I put silt fence up. I cut the grass a little Wait, shorter. You didn't, you didn't just laugh at him and say, wiffle ball, <laughs> w- wiffle ball field. I'm not, you're not getting a wiffle ball field in the backyard. No, he, he wanted a wiffle ball birthday party. So we set the field up. We brighted all the kids over. And um, in hindsight, um, it provided a lot of entertainment for a lot of kids all summer long because the field never went down. The backyard never turned back into a nice majestic view. Uh, it was... What was it, the straight center? What was it down the line? Oh, it wasn't that far, Greg. <laughs> I mean, uh, now, w- wiffle ball in mind, uh, you know, they don't travel that far, but definitely um, uh, left field, um, you couldn't hit a home run now because the willow tree there is probably 30 feet tall. Okay. But, uh, it was the willow tree down the left line. It was the spruce tree down the right, and, and Dettaway Center was uh, not too far away from second base. <laughs> And Corey was a more reluctant athlete. He wasn't as gung-ho about playing sports. Or? No, he was definitely uh, excited to play sports. But, uh, you know, when we talked about that extra time and, and everything, Corey was, was one that enjoyed the competition. Um, Colin was the one that just always had to be outside playing. And, and I think it's helped him throughout his through maturing through sports because you, you have the older brother. And then the older brother is friends with older friends. So – there were times when Colin was playing with kids that were five, six years older than him, and um, he wasn't always the last one picked on the uh, pickup football field. I'm, so. I'm sure he wasn't, yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite sport to play as a kid? Uh, I would say baseball when I was baseball, uh, younger. Yeah. yeah, I used to travel um, to North Carolina, Kentucky, Omaha to play baseball. Um, that was definitely my favorite but then once were, I were you a pitcher or what? What were you? Yeah, pitcher and shortstop. Right. But Don't, then once I hit like eighth grade, I decided that in high school I was only going to focus on two sports. Yeah, because you know, Coach Sam Mills would love you to play baseball. Yeah, I played. Uh, for, for I Oakdale, played my right. freshman year. Um, yeah. And then I haven't played since. But you know, a lot of the baseball guys talk about how great of a pitcher I would be. Uh, yeah, I, I heard your fastball might top uh, might top ninety miles an hour. Is is, is is that true? Uh, well, I've not, I have not. You haven't uh, been on a gun, radar, no, radar gun, uh, gun lately. No. So, when people watch you play football, arm strength is is obviously one of the first things that jumps out at them. How how far can you throw a football? Um, I think at practice I've thrown a ball sixty eight, sixty nine yards. Um, but my furthest in game was sixty five. Was it was that the was that the Liberty yeah. Hail Mary? Yeah. Okay, but you could you could get it past seventy, can't you? If I really tried really hard, I could probably get it past seventy. Yeah, not. I, I thought. I thought you could push, push well into the seventies. No, that, that, uh, that, that's not like, true. Maybe like low seventies, like right. seventy two, seventy three. Coach Stein told me that when college coaches sometimes show up, you, he gives you a signal and then you start throwing balls through the. Uh, through the through the goalpost is that true yeah he always likes to show the college coaches about my arm strength so he'll put me at the 50 yard line and then he'll be like throw through the uprights so then i'll take a step throw through the uprights about like five feet up on the net so it's like 70 yards and then all the college coaches will like give me the the big eyes and i'm like yeah and then do they make you do it again Uh, because they i have done it twice (laughs) um but no more than two times right well i I think one of the most Memorable incompletions I've ever seen, and you'll, you'll, you'll remember this throw, I'm sure, is you played Walkersville regular season last year. 
I think you were running for your life trying to trying just to get loose and develop some time to to make a throw. I forget who it was that was running wide open down the field. And, and, and it was you, Blake. It was, it was the Blake. Yeah. And, and, and you airmailed a pass out of the back of the end zone. But that ball had to go roughly 70 yards in the air. Yeah, I think I think I measured it um, after the game. And I think it was like 69, 70 yards. Um, but I shouldn't not have thrown it that far. <laughs> <laughs> were you more upset that you missed the throw? Or were you more amazed that you, you actually threw it that far? Oh, I was definitely far? more upset because it could how, how did How did you miss that throw, by the way? Oh, I, I just – I was rolling left. And then I saw. Yeah, you were throwing deep. it across your body too. Yeah, I saw him deep, and I was like, "All right, let's give it all I got." So I just chucked it as far as I could, and then it just ended up in the back of the end zone. Yeah, I think my jaw was on the ground in in, in the press box, just both both because you missed the throw and just how how far it went. Are you amazed your son could throw a football that far? You know, I, I he always amazes me uh, with his arm strength, and um, I think that you know it's probably one of the things that. As a parent, you maybe don't appreciate things as much as you should because you watch them growing up and you, you don't have any reference. You know, Corey had a pretty good arm himself. And so it was like, you know, well, this is just how kids throw. And then you have someone like Coach Stein that says, no, he's got that throw that all colleges are looking for. You know, that, that deep across the hashes, 20-yard out. You know, the kids that can throw those on a rope. Uh, are few and far between, and that's the kids that they look for. And um, so I, I definitely uh, am always amazed. Um, I could never throw a football that far. Um, How far could Corey throw? Could Corey get it past 50? Yeah, he could throw probably like – I'd say 60 yards. 60, 60 okay. Yeah, 55, yeah. 60, yeah. What, why is your arm so strong? I have no idea. Yeah. I can tell you why, Greg. It's like, let's go back to two years old. He was out there throwing and throwing and throwing, yeah. and that was that was what he did. Um, and I, I – you know, I don't think playing baseball all those years hasn't hurt. Um, you throw it against the wall or, or just, just throwing no, your friends? He, or you had um, to go yeah. out there with them and play catch. I mean, uh, that yeah. was the deal. So, so uh, he, he would wear you out? Yes. And, and, uh, and other family members too? Or, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grandpa, yeah. myself, right. yeah. Charlotte, um, you know, then any other kids. I mean, some of, some of Colin's better friends that he was friends with as a young, young kid were kids that were in high school. Because, oh, they'd be like, yeah, let's throw with the little guy. And then they'd sit out there and throw with him. You're just out in the backyard? or yep, in yeah. the backyard in the street. Um, you know, we live on a quiet street, so there was always touch football games in the middle of the street or kickball games and everything else. Were there points where you said, we have to stop right now, we have to go inside, or we have to eat dinner or, uh, or, or do something else? Yeah, there was some of that. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, you usually had to convince them to come in. Um, but there was always a promise, okay, we'll go back out. We'll go back out. Um, so, uh but yeah, I think it's just uh, it's just using it and and not using it, overusing it. You know, getting back to talking about specialization. You know, a baseball throw is different than a football throw than a full court basketball pass. So when you are able to build all those muscles instead of just building up the ones to do one specific task, I think that that's helped to to keep his arm in good shape and and to, and to give him the ability to be able to throw it. Yeah, your, your throwing motion is a big reason why you could throw it so far, right? Yeah, you have a pretty long, elongated. How did you develop that that motion? It just was it your natural motion, yeah, it's or just natural? This is how I naturally threw a football. Um, but when I transitioned from baseball to football, you, I probably couldn't throw a football fifty yards because of the different motion. Um, right. So it just naturally came to me that this is how I need to throw a football. So this is how I'm going to throw a football. Right, and has has it changed overall? Have you have you, have you tweaked it? Have you tweaked your motion, or is it just yeah. no, not from last year. I have not. Um, I try not to tweak it, except for certain passes that I have to make. You know, I throw some side arms, right? I throw over top, but I try not to tweak it as much. Cause I'm, are, are are there quarterbacks on the college level or the pro level that you sort of pattern yourself off of, or or you you really admire? Or? Um, I personally, I don't really watch uh, NFL football. Uh, I watch a lot of college football. Uh, last year, I looked up to Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, I wanted to be like but he him. he can't throw the ball like you can though. Yeah, but he's he's very fast and he's he good, might be good he might be a little bit fast. He might be yeah. a little bit faster than you. But, <laughs> just a little but, bit. But, but but you probably you, you you could probably throw a football farther than he can. I bet. Yeah, but I just want uh, it's just who I looked up to. You know, watching his highlights. You know, he amazed the whole nation, um, beating all those good teams um, by himself and his wide receivers. Uh, but yeah. So you were the over. What did you play every sport growing up? I mean, yeah, I played four 
four sports. I played soccer, baseball, basketball, and football. How, how far did the soccer, uh, soccer. dream last? So <laughs> I was about eight because that's when I started playing football. Football, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you, I mean, sports these days, I mean, it's, it's a year-round commitment. You know that. Where do you find time to get kids to practice and, and have a family life and get schoolwork done? I mean, how is that juggling at Chris? That's, that's uh, one of the tougher parts. And, um, you know, not to mention the financial commitment when it comes to all of these travel sports, but you know, you find a way to make it work because uh, I was always one of those people that was a big believer that, you know, the kid, the kids are better off being active. You know, it, it keeps them out of trouble. Um, it keeps them healthy and in shape. And so, um, you know, you, you find the carpools on the teams and, and you agree, yes, I'll get them there Tuesdays if you can get them there Wednesday, Thursdays. And Charlotte and I would uh, be in constant communication how we're going to make things work. And then as they got older, obviously when Corey got his license, then he became that one helps. of the buses yes. <laughs> right. that would take him around. And um, But it's really, I mean, that's one of the things growing up in this area, I think, uh, with with such a heavy emphasis on quality youth sports is – you know, everybody's out there to kind of pitch in and, and help out. And so uh, it was a lot of travel, but it was, um, you know, it's, it's well worth it. Do you have a memorable pass? What's what's the most memorable throw you've ever made? Do you have one? Probably the Liberty throw. The Liberty throw, yeah. yeah. Just what what were you thinking? Just were you – did you – were you trying to put it on a spot or were you just hoping one of your guys was going to get under it? Well, on the punt, that when they punted it, we got a 15-yard penalty. And so I was like, Coach, you think I throw it that far? Because we got like the – we we're at like R forty five, and, like, and what did he say? He's like, yeah, I th-. he's like, yeah, I think he throws far. I was like, all right. So then when we went out there, we called our hair Mary play. Um, I went to the right, and I saw pressure coming from the backside, so I looped back around. Uh, I saw a big bunch of kids in the end zone. So it was three of our wide receivers and like four or three of their DBs. So I was like, I'm just gonna throw it up there. And it, so, it doesn't matter. It's the end of the half, so it doesn't yeah, matter if so, it gets intercepted. Yeah. Right? So I just cocked back and threw it as far as I could, and. Blake came up with the catch, and that's probably what turned the whole game around. Right, that that one throw. I mean, and again, it's a, this this time you threw it that far and it was completed. Unlike yeah. the Walkersville game. <laughs> so I mean, you're you're a two sport athlete. I mean, you're you're a great basketball player too. Uh, good enough to get some Division One offers uh, to play basketball. Just what what sport did you think you were going to play in in college growing up? Um, I always thought I was going to be a basketball player, um, just because you know. When me, when me and my brother were younger, we'd always go out and play one-on-one basketball. Um, but when I hit tenth grade or eleventh last year, um, I was think I was leaning more towards football. Um, I don't know the exact reason why I picked football. Um, I guess I just loved it a little bit more. Well, I think I remember you telling me like you were to go, you were going to go to the place where you could play at the highest level, yeah. re- regardless of sport, and that was going to influence your decision, right? Yeah, definitely that. And um, you know, I was I don't I've never sat um, on the bench, um, so it doesn't sound like you've ever sat. Period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be hard. Um, I just want to go somewhere where I have an opportunity to play. Um, you know, and. Kent State gave me that opportunity to go there and play and play football, so I took the opportunity. How long have you just been focused on basketball and, 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 and football? Um, well, ever since I was a little kid, I've just been focused on playing sports when right. I get older. But but when did when when did, when did you – I mean, you say you dropped soccer at, at about eight years old. You, you, oh, yeah. You said it. Um, and, then, and then when did you stop playing baseball? Uh, I stopped playing baseball my freshman year uh, in high school. So once that stopped, you know, I was – off training basketball and football wise um just because i had a open slot you know i don't have to play any baseball anymore so i'm gonna put it towards football or basketball so, so what is your year-round schedule like i mean you're playing you're playing football when when football practice and you, and you, and you do other football stuff too right you work with the touchdown club or the quarterback club and stuff yeah, like that so, so i did qb factory in the summer qb factory right but this summer i i was traveling to florida and all these other places for um aau basketball um, so the summer is very busy with travel um, for, for, for both sports, for yeah. Camps and for um, tournaments. Yeah, you, um, so you're going to quarterback camps and yeah. football camps and AAU basketball. Yeah. And then the season, then practice starts. Football practice starts in August. You're doing all football season. You're going right into basketball season as soon as as soon as you play this championship game. Basketball season ends, and then and then what happens after basketball season? The weight room happens. The weight room. The weight room. The weight, the weight room until when? 
until I have to leave for college. Yeah, you're you're six four, six five. I'm six four. Yeah, six four and one ninety. One eighty five. One eighty five. What what do you think he could get up to on a, on a college weight program? Two fifteen, two twenty. Coach Stein said two thirty. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Do you worry uh, that bulking up that much? You might because you're a great runner too. Do you think that might cost you some speed? Well, no, they're definitely gonna keep my agility there. They're just gonna put some weight on me and then right. you know just do more exercises. And some of that will be just natural growth, right? I yeah. mean, you, you're still a growing, growing boy, right? So, I so, so the weight room happens, and then. And then it just the process starts all over again, right? So where do you, where do you find time to do other stuff, or do you even like doing other stuff besides sports? <laughs> um, I really don't do much besides sports, right. And go to school, but right. you know, after after practice is over, I'll come home and I'll just either sit on my couch and eat, or I'll just hang out with my friends or find some time to hang out with them. What's your favorite subject in school? English. English. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you might you might might need that to do uh, inter- interviews uh, and, and and stuff like that. So, um, your decision to go to Kent State, I mean, you it's it's you've offered them a verbal commitment. You're you're happy with the choice, but as as you know, in this day and age, the recruiting process doesn't stop until you get a you get a um, signed letter letter of intent. Where, where are you right now in the in in the, in the recruiting process? I'm still going to Kent State. Um, no, nothing much has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, talked to a few coaches here and there, but still verbally committed to Kent. Okay. How would you describe the recruiting process? Uh, it was very challenging, especially for two sports. You know, I've talked to, I'd probably say, over 50 coaches um, in both, uh, both sports combined. Um, but, you know, it was fun getting out there and talking to all these coaches. Um, Telling them, telling me what I need to do in order to be at the highest level. Um, so it's been very fun. I enjoy talking to all those coaches, and I can't wait for college. As a, as a dad, Chris, what's the recruiting process been like for you? Um, it, it's been it's been different. Um, it's been a little different than I expected. In that, um, a lot of the recruiting goes through the the player, and. Colin is not one that offers up a lot of information, so it's always us saying, hey, did anybody call you today? Oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so called, or this school called. And, oh, really? You know, and so, of course, as a parent, we're looking at it not just from the athletic side, but the academic side. So, um, but it, it's been a challenge. Um, and, and not having, you know, Corey's recruiting experience was much different than this one. And, uh, and tell everyone where Corey is right now. Well, Corey, Corey's at McDaniel. He, yeah. he stopped playing football this season, but he, he was recruited up there to play football. And he had a very similar experience as, as Colin did in that it wasn't until he said to us, I'm going to go play football at McDaniel, we had thought basketball. Because um, he had a lot of interest um, at the Division three level for, for basketball and for football. And he finally made the decision. Um, and, you know, it's that process was a little different because there's not the scholarship involved. Um, and, and fortunately, Corey's a, a super um, academically gifted. So the money was there from an academic standpoint, but there's not that that athletic full ride type of situation um i think the process has just been i don't want to say it's been overwhelming it's just constantly learning you know learning about the dates when they can talk to you when they can't talk to you well and here you're faced with a situation where you've made a verbal commitment but yet people are still courting you they're still coming after you i mean that must be hard to deal with on some level too it is and and uh, it's probably the hardest part to get over because you feel guilty like you're being dishonest and right, you're, you're like the spouse or the boyfriend or girlfriend right. that's being cheated on or you're, you have a wandering eye or something like that. Right. So. And, and the truth of the matter is in, in this, in the recruiting process, you know, it's uh, all, all the coaches that we talk to, including the Kent state coaches who have been great, you know, they've been very transparent with us and said, this is what could happen. This is what will happen. And so it's nice getting all of this information so that we can prepare ourselves and, you know, and it's, you're, you're made to feel like it's not quite as uncommon of a situation as, as pretty presented in front of you. Is, is there too big a gap though, between the verbal commitment and, and, and the letter and the signed 
sign, signing day. What do you mean too big of a gap? Like, like because you have all this t- time where you've made a verbal commitment before you before you sign and make it official. You do. It, it is the window too big where where you can where you have all these opportunities to for other schools to come talking to you and stuff like that. Well, and so. I think that that's part of it because um, the the opportunity comes up and as Colin mentioned earlier, you know, you get these you get this big time Division One FBS offer. You know, now I. A bowl school is looking at you, and you don't feel the pressure, but there's the pressure. You know, like you don't want it to go away. Because um, let's be honest, I mean, even you know, it, it, in the Power Five conferences, you've got coaches that are making ten million dollars a year. Um, you're as good as the next better quarterback. Uh, you know, you're as good as the next better receiver. Um, so you really, you know, you you feel this pressure to say, hey, let's make a commitment, and you know, it's just you don't know what to expect and you know, before you know it, you know, nothing's done for a month. And then two months later, all of a sudden you got a couple schools calling you. So it's, it's definitely hard. It, to it, it, it really hasn't ended. That's my point. Like the recruiting process no. does, doesn't end until you sign that piece of paper. Right. So. And, and, and early signing day, I think has even put a little more pressure uh, up until last year. Signing day was in, I guess the end of February, beginning of March. Now they have this December 19th signing period. So the pressure's kind of ramped up a little bit. Um, you know, uh, open recruiting where they can talk to you just started Sunday. So you've got this three-week window where guys, you know, there's schools that are starting to realize, hey, we're not getting the guy that we want. And all of a sudden, you know, someone could reach out and contact you that you didn't have any idea was interested, you know. So I think it's definitely a a process that's, you know, it's not a perfect process. It's not sure. a perfect process, and um, you almost have to sit and think from it from both sides. You know, so um, but it's definitely, um, you know, it's 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 definitely not a perfect process to say the least, and it, it's um, it's been challenging. You know, but it's also been enjoyable. Not everybody gets this opportunity as a family. To, no doubt, no doubt. To be able to say, hey, guess what? Your college is paid for. Why? Why did you pick Kent State, Colin? Um, I really, when I went up there for an uh, unofficial visit, I really enjoyed the coaching staff. Um, I really liked the campus, um, and what they brought to me. Um, you know, personally, that was the best offer I had at the time, um, both football and basketball. Uh, when I went up there, Coach Lewis really came out with a lot of enthusiasm, um, talking about what, what we got going and what we're going to make this program into. And, you know, that really boosted my boost my confidence to going there. Um, you know, turning a program around is definitely something I want to do. You know, we went from 0-10 Oakdale Bears to 12-0 Oakdale Bears. So, you know, something that I have done and that I want to keep doing. And who's on the schedule for Kent State in a couple of years? Or, or who's on the upcoming schedule for Kent State? Who are some of the, bi- the big boys? Uh, Alabama. Yeah, right. Uh, a couple others too, right? I think Ole Miss maybe. Right. Or Mississippi uh, State. Georgia. Georgia. Auburn. Right. But you said those are the teams you want to play. I mean, that's that's why you're playing college football, right? Yeah, of course. Right. Was it a hard decision for you? I mean, putting basketball aside and just committing to football was was that difficult? Yeah, it was. It was definitely difficult. You know, I had to contact all these other coaches. You know, tell all the basketball coaches I'm committed to football. Uh, it was difficult to reach out to all of them and tell them what my plan was. Um, but um, how how many basketball offers did you have? I had four. Yeah. Yeah. But I had uh, other people talking to me that I had to tell them that I, I'm playing football. Um, but I'm, I'm glad with the commitment that I made of playing football and can't wait to go to college and play for Kent State. Yeah, first things first, though. Yeah, you have a big game on Saturday. Uh, what, what do you know? What have you seen from uh, Glenelg? Uh, they have a really good running back who's going to Yale. Um, their defense is very good, you know, but – as Coach Stein said to us, if we play like we did against Damascus, I don't think anyone in the in the state could beat us. But, you know, you can't just say that and then things just happen. You know, you have to go out there, you have to play hard, you have to do your job, and then those things will happen. So, How, how does their defense look? Um, they've only let up seven or one touchdown in the past five games. Um, but, you know, we, we have not seen a defense like this. Um, what what strikes you about the defense? Fast, big, all 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 those things. Or? Yeah, there's a lot of hats to the ball. You know, when you give the ball to Simeon, or when they give the ball to other team, you know, you'll see four four or five helmets coming at you. Um, 
But I think our line will do a pretty good job of folding up and our so will our wide receivers. At the start of the season, Coach Stein wanted you to be – he wanted you to hang in the pocket a little more because he didn't want – I mean, not not that you were making bad decisions in terms of running or throwing, but he wanted you to hang in there and, and, and try and avoid running for as long as you can. Just because when you get to college, you're not going to be able to outrun everyone, and, and, and sometimes you're going to have to hang in there and, and, and take a big hit. How have you – how do you feel you've held up to that uh, this year? Um, I think I've done a much better job of – uh, staying in the pocket. You know, we were watching film um, after the Damascus game, and on my touchdown pass, I got hit pretty hard, um, got taken off my feet. Um, and he was very, very pleased with that, you know. not He, just, he wants to see you get hit. <laughs> yeah, not just taking the hit, but, you know, staying in the pocket and making a perfect throw and then getting hit. You know, that's what he likes to see. And he was like, if you do that, you will you will be a Division One quarterback and you will start. Right. as soon as possible and i talked to you before the season you said you wanted to get better at making reads and stuff like that have you is, is that yeah. really improved uh, yeah well year? i've only thrown two interceptions yeah, um and a hurricane right so i think you know reading the defense i've definitely you did, you did have that. one you did have one last uh, oh last uh, week last week last yeah week, yeah. yeah but, I, but, but, I but still that. yeah but but yeah pretty a pretty good season yeah. only only three interceptions to 20 plus uh touchdown passes so uh, what, what what have you seen from Colin uh, this season, Chris? Yeah, I, I think he's done a much better job of making decisions and taking his game to the level that m- makes him approachable from college coaches. Um, you know, the arm strength is the arm strength. That's one of those things you can't coach. But um, I can watch a film and say, that was a great run, and a college coach will look at it and say, he didn't go through his progression, and that's why he ran. So – um, I think Colin did a very good job this year of of going through his progression and staying in the pocket a little bit longer. And um, he was also been a little smarter with getting 20 and getting out of bounds instead of trying to take on or trying to extend a run and, and put yourself out there to get, you know, a cheap shot. I mean, everybody wants to hit the quarterback when they can. So Right. Uh, yeah, and you have this great ability to run. Do you do you worry about putting yourself in harm's way at all on, on some of those runs or Um yeah, sometimes I do, but you know, coach Stein always yells at me slide or get out of bounds. So, you know, I try to do what's best for not or for best for the team, best for my body. Um and I listen to the coach, but sometimes I feel like it's necessary to make um make the play last. So, you know, and that's just some some things that I do, but sometimes I just run out of bounds. Is the idea that you're trying to make your passes hard to defend, and Coach Stein says, do you throw the ball with such velocity that the defense doesn't have time to really react <laughs> to seeing the ball? Is that is that what you're trying to do with your timing routes? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. You, well, you talk about arm strength, but you know when we run 15 yard comebacks, you know I'll throw it as hard as I can, um, right. so the defense can't react. Um, I know my wide receivers can catch it because they've been catching it for 18 weeks. Um, so, but but how important is it that they get to, to the spot that you're th- throwing it to? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not really worried about that because they do a phenomenal job of getting to where they need to be and then making the play. So you know, it's more about me making the right making the right pass and a good pass to them being where, to where they need to be. When, when you do hand the ball off to Simeon, what, what's going through your head <laughs> watching him run? <laughs> uh, that he's probably gonna run around a little bit. And then once he finds his hole, he probably will score because he's just he's really good. Right. He's really good at finding a hole and making nothing out of something. Right. What type of game do you expect Saturday to be? Um, I'm not really sure. Probably just a dog fight. You know, they have a very good offense and a very good defense, same as us. Um, you feel you're going to have to score some points to win the game? Yeah, we're going to have to score some points. Defense is going to have to post some stops. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, if none of us do that, you know, I feel like we have a better special teams. Um, right. Yeah, Simeon's not a bad return return man either. Simeon or so, <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what our coaches preach, that, you know, special teams can win games. Uh, special teams will win games. Um, and this this game is going to be all about having all the pieces together and see who, who, who does better. Chris, will it be a bit surreal for you watching your son dissect a Glenelg um, defense? <laughs> it, it it will be for sure, and and even more so because I've got a handful of friends that I grew up with. One a, a guy that I grew up with since third grade, since moving to Howard County, his son's one of the defensive tackles on the team. So uh, 
yeah, it'll be a little surreal, you know. Um, Doesn't the Glenelg coach live in your school district, the Oakdale school uh, district? Yeah, Coach yeah. Schaefer, uh, uh, not only in the district, I think he might live down the street from Coach Stein. So right. I heard he was worried about getting his house egged or, or, or <laughs> yeah, something this week. Or... I don't think he needs to worry <laughs> about that. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll it'll definitely be a great experience to, um, you know, the – my high school, you know, we we were never that great. We were always five and five, six and four. And I know Glenelg's been pretty powerful over the last couple of years. And um, it's probably been thirty plus years since I've seen a game down there. And and part of it is the kids. You know, you have kids, and then they're doing stuff, and you never find the time. And you know, um, then they get to high school, and they're playing on Friday nights, and we're playing on Friday nights. So. Uh, you know, when I went to school there, we had one school in the county that had lights. So every other year you'd play Howard High on a Friday, but we played Saturday high school football. You had so to, yeah. You did. I, I will say, the one thing I am looking forward to, Glenelg's always had a great band, and I, I still, still, and, and the kids will tell you too, that I play their fight song on the dashboard all the time. It's something that... that you know, I can still remember from from the playing days. Not this week, though, right? No, no, no. We'll be playing the Bears fight song this week. Uh, what, what, what type of game do you expect? I mean, I know you're always up there spot, spotting with your crew and, and stuff like that, and, and you see every play of all these games. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those games that, hey, here you are with two teams that have never won a state championship. And, and this is probably coming from my coach's perspective that I'm going to be a, a little more – less optimistic than some of the pundits out there and and you know it's one game and if i've learned anything watching sports all these years any team can beat anybody on any given night you know and and so you know i think it's going to be um a, a competitive game with their defense um but i will say i do have confidence with i, mean, I think oakdale is definitely uh looking at the damascus game i think if we can get up two scores that's something tough to come back from because our defense is so strong and we can get into a slug match with you points for points. Yeah, there's just not a weakness on this team, right? Yeah, and I think Colin said it best a couple weeks ago in the paper, you know, that you, you just can't game plan for him. You can't game plan for Simeon. Um, let's not forget we got a five-star kicker on the team and Colin talked about special teams. It may come down to a 45-yard field goal. He made a 40-yarder last week against Elton. Yeah, and yeah. didn't hit it well, right. <laughs> you know, right. so um, – you know, I, and I think the other aspect with special teams is 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 Justin's ability to get the ball, you know, 60, 70% of the time for touchbacks. I mean, that's huge in high school football, field position. And if you can you can win that field position game where you're always playing on a short field, they're always going down a long field, uh, you can usually have some success. Would Justin always beat you in these kicking competitions that you guys had? Oh, yeah. He would? All, all the time. We would start at the 50 and we'd see who can get it closest to the goal line. Um, I would always make it to about the 10, and he would probably pin it on, like, five or less. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoy um, spending time with uh, Justin. You know, he's a great teammate. Not only is he a great kicker, but he's a great kid. Um, he definitely changes most of the games for us, you know. He had a snap over his head, ran 15 yards back, and then kicked it 50 yards down the field. So, you know, J Justin's definitely something special. Um, were you were you mad when he lost these when he lost these kicking competitions to him being the being the competitive person that you are? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he lost to me, he would get way more mad though. How many times did you beat him? A uh, couple times, like like or? once or twice. <laughs> okay, but he would get mad because he lost to the quarterback. Right, and he's the kicker. Well, I will have to take I will take some credit for Justin because when we, when they were in youth sixth grade, um, we started having these competitions because one day they would go out there prior to practice and just kick. And Coach Moki looks at me and goes, Ritter can kick. And I said, yeah, he can. He goes, well, so starting now on Fridays, they started having these competitions to see who was going to get a kick for the weekend. And Justin had always kicked off for us, but he wanted to do the extra point thing. And um, finally, by eighth grade year, Colin, I think you'd stopped kicking by then and Justin was the full-time guy you like all these high-pressure jobs man Quar quarterback <laughs> kicking don't, don't you want to like chill out uh, when you're on the field sometimes or on no, the court I like court? I like being in control of what's happening you know especially in basketball and football you know being the quarterback and being the shooting guard and the person who scores the most points on the on the court um you know it's def definitely something that I look up to um just always having control of the game 
This is not your first state championship game. You, you were in it for hoops. Uh, the state uh, semis, or, or, or excuse me, state state semis. So so you've been in you've been in games like this before. Yeah, yeah. I have last year. Yeah, um, right. At Xfinity Center. What, what what was that experience like? Um, well, it was rough uh, losing, but you know, it was a it was a fun experience. You know, get to, getting to go to Maryland, playing in front of a lot of people. You know, we have a whole bottom section filled with all of our students. Um, it was very loud, but it was fun, you know. I'm not, not going to take uh, Saturday for granted, win or lose. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a surreal uh, moment. So, were you, were you a kid that dreamed of making the game-winning shot in the NCAA Finals or the oh, yeah. throwing the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I watch YouTube videos of, like, college football's best miracle plays or something. The, the, the Doug know. Flutie play and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like yeah. Hail Marys and stuff. So. And, so you, and you, you dreamt yourself that you would one day be doing the same stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, did you dream of winning a state championship in football, or or was that uh, part of it? No, I've never, I never thought that I was going to make it this far. Um, for basketball, too, I never thought we were going to make it that far, but, you know, now we're here, so let's just finish what we started. And what would it mean to close out your high school career as a as a state champion? Uh, it would mean a lot to me, but it would definitely mean more to uh, Coach Stein, who started the program zero and ten. Yeah, he was like handing out helmets. He was handing out the first guy to hand out helmets and and and, and, uni- and pads and and uniforms and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I'm. I'll definitely be playing um, mainly for him. Just because all that he's done for us and for the Oakdale program. Yeah, he works with you at the QB factory too, right? Yeah. What has he meant to your career? Uh, he's definitely done a lot. Um, you know, he he's the one who reaches out to all these coaches, tries to get me, tries to get looks for me. Um, he's the one who taught me all the footwork and all the other stuff like that. Uh, he's definitely done a lot for me. Um, so the least I could do would win him a state championship. Yeah. And so you're going to play Saturday in the state championship game, then basketball practice on Monday, right? So it's so it's from one thing right right to the next. But yeah. but you that's you though, right? You wouldn't have it any other way, right? You, no, you don't, you don't want to sit around and wait for basketball season. No, it was so. the same thing that happened last year. You know, once we lost to Walkersville, I had practiced the the next morning on a Saturday morning. So it's just what I'm. It's what I like to go through. Um, I don't like taking breaks. I like playing sports. So is he, is he still as active as he ever? Has been Chris or? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd say he's he's just as active, and um, you know, it's it's funny. He's he's never, you know, a lot of kids would say I need some time, and, and Colin's not that kid. You know, he'll have actually. I think Monday they have a scrimmage, so his first basketball experience is going to be in in a game like situation. Are, are you going to be rusty, or um, have, have you been getting up some shots? Oh, I'll be really tired. Um, I don't know if I'll be rusty. I shoot a lot during school. Um, you do? Okay. During gym class. Yeah. Um, but I have not been in basketball shape since last year. So Yeah, basketball shape, Greg, is a little different uh, than football shape. You're and not getting hit, but, but yeah, but still the, 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 cardi- the cardio seems right. to be different. And yeah. particularly when you're the quarterback. Because if you ever come to a practice, you know, the quarterbacks practice half the practice because the other half is defense. So, uh, you know, um, definitely a different kind of shape. Both the boys went through it every year. That first week of basketball was torture. Yeah. Well, Colin, it's been a pleasure watching you play football, man, over these last four years. Chris, it's always fun uh, catching up with you up in the press box at the game. So wish you all the best on Saturday, man. Bring it home, and and, and thanks for coming in and doing this today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Greg. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, My thanks to Joe Ferraro for his thoughts and insights earlier here on the podcast, to Graham Cullen for producing Colin McGuire's band, Double Motorcycle, for the music you hear. And I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department. We'll see you next week here on The Final Score, maybe talking about some state champions. And we are presented by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance.